congregation that is considered well defined in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 49. Question and answer 124. Which is the third petition? Answer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is grant that we and all men may renounce our own will and without murmuring obey thy will which is only good, that so everyone may attend to and perform the duties of his station and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels do in heaven. So far, praying for God's will to be done. Praying for God's will to be done. Four thoughts. God's will to obey. Right? The Lord says, this is right. This is sin. This is good. And to obey him. To do his will. To speak his will. To walk in his ways. To obey. God's will to obey. Secondly, God's will to suffer. It may be God's will in your life that you suffer now. A certain disease, a problem, a relationship, or something like it. So then we, let me speak, let me, let me pray, thy will be done. And you say, oh Lord, let me submit myself. May I surrender, may I follow thee. To keep me from criticizing thee, keep me from rebelling against thee. Thy will be done. Like the Lord Jesus did, right? In the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but thy will be done. In the third place, God's will to choose. Sometimes you have to make difficult and major decisions. And we don't know what to do. This or that, to move or to date or to marry or to quit or to pay more money to charities or sometimes we have discussions and we need to find out what is the best solution, what is the Lord's will, what choice. And the fourth place, God's will to work. Our instructor, Zechariah Eusenius, widens it a bit. And says we have to be faithful as the angels do in heaven. So faithful. It's the will of God to be willing and to serve in our vocation, in our work, to our duty, to not be lazy. Praying for God's will to be done. God's will to obey, God's will to suffer, God's way to choose. God's will to work. Congregation, the third petition in general is about obedience and respecting God's will. So if you would summarize it, make it shorter even, you would say, this prayer is saying, Lord, let me obey thee. Thy will be done, so let me obey thee. 
Because obedience is the Lord's will. But why would the person pray that? Why would the person not just do the will of God? We know God's will. We know that we have the commandments. So what's the problem? Why do you ask, Thy will be done? What is the content of the prayer? Well, very simple. The person praying experiences trouble, experiences difficulties. I can't. Sometimes I have such a problem with God's will, with what's right and what's wrong. And I, I'm a sinful person, and I do things I shouldn't do. I think things I shouldn't even think about. I have a sinful heart, and sometimes I do things wrong. So they pray, Lord, let me not do those sins. Let me not disobey thee. May I do thy will, O God. Influence me with thy Holy Spirit and draw me and make me right and make me upright. God's will is always good. And yet they are inclined to murmur against God's will, like, like, like little children. Maybe the boys and girls can relate to that. Sometimes dad, mom is saying, do this. Do this, can you do this? Can you do this tour? And you say, ah, oh, I don't want to. I have no time. I'm tired. Or something else. The best thing will be, you would say to your father, father, your will. Your will must be done. I obey you. And that is this now to God, that a child of God, especially from the heart, says, Thy will be done. I want to obey thee, Lord. That's all I want to do. I want to follow thy path. I don't want to grumble and to mutter. I am willing to follow. And that's why we read in the Bible things like, For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. God calls to holiness. Does it be holy? Because I'm holy. And therefore God's people should say, Lord, let me then pursue that holiness. Thy will be done. And also we hope that many more beside God's people will also learn that lesson and learn the prayer. Thy will be done. Lord, I mean it. Not my will, but thy will. For this is the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. The sanctification that you should abstain from fornication. That is the Lord's will. So we may say, Lord, if that's thy will, let me do thy will. Thy will be done. Or Hebrews 12. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see God. You won't see God if you do, do your own will. If that holiness is not important to you. If you don't walk in the ways of the Lord. We do not only need to know our misery and know salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. We also need to follow it up 
by holiness, by sanctification. So we are encouraged to pray that we do God's will. And we need to realize our stubbornness and unwillingness to obey God. You know, our Maker has created us in His image. So we resemble the Lord, not bodily. The Lord has no body, like the Mormons say. We need to understand that image is knowledge and righteousness and holiness. And the Lord wants us to pursue that. He wants to see that holiness. And he wants the church to see, the, the, the church to, to fight harder and to have more holiness. And not only for ourselves, we don't only pray, Lord, that thy will be done in my life, but it is also in the lives of others. That is grand that we and all men may renounce our own will. So when we pray, thy will be done, we say, Lord, Mr. Trudeau and President Biden and King William and the Queen and all people in authority, we pray for all of them that thy will may be done in their lives because the Lord is worthy of glory from all people, not only from the church, not only from God's people, from all people. So we must pray, Lord, give that all people may follow thee, that all people may have a heart to obey thee. So let us pray for our neighbors and colleagues and friends and family members and pray for them also. Let me say, Lord, thy will be done. So tonight, if we may make it concrete tonight, pray for your colleagues and people you know well and you interact often with. Say, Lord, also then. Make them to follow thee, give them a heart to know thee, give them a desire to obey thee. So we are called to simply do what's right. But that means that we need also a new heart. Right? Without a new heart, without love, and with our faith, we can do something really according to God's will. So when we pray, thy will be done, in fact, we ask for a new heart. Right? Without a new heart, you can't do good. With a new heart, you don't mean well. Without a new heart, there is no love for the Lord. So that is not according to God's will. So let me say, Lord, thy will be done. Let me say, Lord, convert me, convert others, give a new heart. Because the problem is not only that we don't know what's right or wrong. In a way we know, in a way we don't. But that's not the only problem, that we don't know what's a sin. Even if we know what the sin is. We don't hate sin. And that's why we pray, 
thy will be done. We pray for a new heart. We pray, in fact, for the Holy Spirit, that he may come powerfully and irresistibly and change us and keep us in his hands and does not forsake us and work on and follows up and gives more of the desire for holiness. So we pray for the Holy Spirit. How often do we have to pray this? Thy will be done. Well, how often do we pray, give us this day our daily bread? You would say, well, every day, I suppose, because it says, give us this day our daily bread, right? But that we need to, 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 to have a, a daily prayer is true for all the six petitions. So we need to pray every day that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot believe. We cannot perform well. So we pray every day that the Holy Spirit works in us. And we need to pray for more holiness. People of God, for more holiness. Strive vain to enter into the gate. If you love to increase appetite for, for example, classical music, then you keep listening to the music and you study the music and you study the lives of Bach and Mozart and you um, go to concerts and you appreciate the music and you just expose yourself more to it. You just want to know more about it so that you become more acquainted and more familiar with it and appreciate it more. There's not a standstill. I know it now. If you like it, you just want to know more. You go deeper in the course of time. And it's also true for the study of the Word of God and also true for holiness. If it's well, it does not come to a standstill but it becomes more tender, deeper, more motivated, more tender and trusting. Therefore, in order to receive more holiness, God's people need to look more unto Jesus. That's a real help. That's really helpful for someone who is converted, that looking unto Jesus gives real motivation to live holier lives. And that's what he should strive for. That's what I read also in Hebrews 12. Therefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. We just pass here. If someone's running, wants to be number one, he does not take weights in his hands if he does not need to do, to, to, to do that. You put the weights on the side, 
You don't have a backpack. You, may, you, you dress as lightly as, pos- as light as possible, and then you run. So let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The race of holiness, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, in order to walk, to run, and to be patient in the race, you need to look unto Jesus. So that's all included in thy will be done. It's God's will that his children grow in grace. To Peter 1. Beside this, giving all diligence, add, add, see the word add, addition, add to thy faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, not being so excited and worthy, temperance, and to temperance, patience, not being so impatient, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, to be kinder, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you, and abound, abound? Can it be that that's possible? That those things abound. That's an increasing holiness. They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have seen so far that thy will be done refers to obeying God, right? And then especially, as we have seen, obeying God's commandments. There's also something else that needs to be obeyed. Can you think of something else that you use the word obey for? That's not obeying a commandment per se. Obeying what else? Well, are we called to repent? Are we called to believe? Does the Lord say, I want you to repent of your sins? That's my will. Is it the Lord's will that we repent or not? Is it the Lord's will that we truly, savingly believe in him or not? Well, yes. It's a commandment. And I read on page 104 in the Canons of the Lord, the word command even. So there's also a thing of obedience in Article 5 of the Second Head of Doctrine. I will read to you. Moreover, the promise of the gospel is that whosoever believeth in Christ crucified shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This promise, together with the command, 
to repent and believe are to be declared and published to all nations and to all persons promiscuously and without distinction to whom God out of his good pleasure sends the gospel. So the Lord sends the gospel. The Lord says, I command you to repent and to believe. You might say, can we then? Can we repent? Can we believe? No. He can't. Not by nature. So, is it fair that God is asking things we cannot? Is he not giving the wrong, the wrong impression then? If you if say to the congregation, repent ye, repent ye, and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you give the impression, minister, that we can. I hope not. But let me help you. It's a serious error to state that we should not do, should not be commanded, but we can't. That's a serious error. Because I know so many things we cannot do, and yes, yes, must do. I think of all the Ten Commandments. Can you do them? Can you keep any of them? So you say, no, we can't. So the Lord is not asking it anymore either. The Lord is not commanding you to obey all the Ten Commandments. So when we pray, thy will be done, then we say, Lord, give us thy Holy Spirit. Give us a new heart. We all say, Lord, cause me to repent. Lord, cause me to believe. Because I need to, and I can't. So help me. Give it to me. Work in me. Thy will be done. So obedience is obedience of the Ten Commandments and obedience of the Gospel. And what else? What else can we obey? Also a calling. Calling. For example, Jonah was called to go to Nineveh. He refused to go. He said, no, I'm not going. He did not pray, thy will be done. It, is, it was my will be done. So be careful with that. If you feel the Lord is a calling for you, if you don't stop that, if you don't disobey that, but pray, Lord, Thy will be done. Open the doors. Give me light. Give me discretion. What's the next step? What do we need to do? And what is the purpose? And what type of ministry is it? So that was the first point. The will to obey. Let's go to the second one. God's will to suffer. What we are talking about is the will of God's providence. It's a will we cannot disobey. It's happening. There's God's will that there's a snowstorm or that there's rain or a drought. It's the way it is. But it's his will. 
has nothing to do with obedience. Another commandment is a fact. It's also God's will, right? Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Without the will of the father, not a sparrow will fall from the roof. It's all in the hands of the Lord. And Asaph, the author of Psalm 73, Asaph, he suffered from that. He was was suffering. He also suffered from the fact he could not accept his suffering. I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. All things went okay and well for them. And look at me. Every morning when I wake up, that is that feeling plagued for all the day long, have I been plagued and chastened every morning. Ace was upset, was mad, boiling, absolutely upset with God. I've cleansed my heart in vain. It's all for nothing. And I've washed my hands in innocency. What? Innocent? That's the problem. If you feel that you don't deserve it, you feel that the Lord is unfair to you, make it extra problematic. And then you don't want to pray, that will be done. But you should. If you feel this, there are problems in your life you can solve yourself, pray to the Lord. And you may remember those texts from Psalm 73 until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood at the end and saw the future of the wicked. Thus my heart was grieved. I was pricked in my reins, in my kidneys. It was really difficult to accept the Lord's will. So foolish was I. I was not smart. Foolish, it's foolishness to resist God. Foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee, as an animal. That's Asaph talking about his trouble, that he could not surrender to the will of God, the will of God's counsel, the will of God's providence, the secret will of God, sometimes called. And yet, Nevertheless, he continues, I am continually worthy. Not will be worthy, I am now continually worthy. Thus hold me by my right hand. So he's suffering, he's probably sick. I think he's sick. Seriously ill. But the Lord is holding his right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. See, he changes. Halfway the psalm. can give it over in the hands of the Lord. And he does not, he's not complaining anymore. He gives it in the Lord's hands and says, Lord, thy will be done. Thy will, not my will, but thy will be done. 
I'm so foolish, I'm so ignorant, I think I know it, but I don't know it. I'm a fool, and I surrender now to thy counsel. So we need to submit to that which God brings us in our lives, and it comes with a cost. That's not always easy. The Lord has not promised anyone that he would not need to sacrifice and would not need to suffer in this life. We all suffer, more or less, earlier or later. And that's why the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. Also tonight. Whatever it is. That bothers you to no avail. It makes you really angry. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. The devil did not put a cross on your shoulder. Circumstances didn't do it. In, in a way, people, even people did not do it. The Lord puts those crosses on us. Take up the cross. Don't kick it. Take it up. And follow me, the Lord says. Follow me. That's the best way to go. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted in the, uh, among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. You know the example of Hebrews 12, of course, in the verses 4, 6, 11. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. So, like parents discipline the children, right? I hope they do. If you hate the children, you don't, don't discipline them. They need discipline. Of course, in a caring way, not in a harmful way, but whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Now no chastening for this present seemeth to be joyous. Of course not. It's grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceful fruit of righteousness, unto them which are exercised thereby. So chastening crosses, problems, can be really helpful and beneficial. And that's why we should ask, Lord, thy will be done. I don't even know what's good for myself. I don't, I'm so confused about those things. The Lord knows it's so much better. So be still and know that he is God. Let him be God. Let him make all the decisions. Well, he's making the decisions anyway, if you like it or not. But surrender and submit yourself to it. And, of course, the greatest example of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, right? In the garden, sweating blood. Nobody has suffered so much. Nobody. So intense, so much pain, so much being forsaken of his father, so deep, immense, infinitely deep. It was hell. 
and undeserved. And he said, Father, if thou be willing, only if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That's, that's a prayer of the Lord Jesus. And it's hard for us people to pray that. That's a gift if you can pray that. So the will of God's providence, the will of suffering, the will of God. You cannot disobey the will of God that is secret, also called the will of his decree, yes. And if you'd like to know more about that, I can recommend the chapter you, will read, you may read tonight or so, this week, Lamentations 3. And read the whole chapter. And you will see halfway the chapter that the tone changes. So beautiful. Some so upset with the Lord. And then someone who begins to surrender to the Lord. So maybe that's you. Read it. Lamentations 3. Let's go to the next one. God's will to choose. It's God's will that we obey his commandments in the gospel. It's God's will that we um, obey also his calling, the personal calling we may experience. We also need to submit to God's providence. We also need to make the right choices, right? We have to make choices in this life. Sometimes very important choices. So who do you marry? Where do you go to church? Do we want to move? What career do I pursue? How much money do I give to charities? How do I use my leisure time? How many children should I have? Oh, such difficult questions. And you need to answer, right? Well, I think it is remarkable what you read in Genesis 24, what we just read tonight. Abraham was getting older, and Isaac was getting older as well. And Isaac was the child of the promise. And he needed to marry someone in order to have children. So the seed could be born. The Lord Jesus could be, could be born. So he was so concerned and he knew at least three things. And he concluded from that. This, there was a decision needed to be made, right? So he said, Isaac must marry. Period. Secondly, he may not marry a Canaanitish woman. Absolutely no, no. And he knew that Isaac was not supposed to return to Ur of the Chaldeans. Those three things. Must marry, not the Canaanite, and not move to Mesopotamia. So Abraham brought this in prayer to the Lord about that he has no children, that Isaac had no children. And he talked to his oldest servant, to Eliezer. 
and he told him to go to Mesopotamia. Because when he thought things through, had thought the Lord's will, he thought it was probably the Lord's will that that they found a woman in, in Mesopotamia and that she would be brought to Isaac. It was even so that Abraham was confident about it and said to Eliezer that God will send his angel. Because it, it made sense to him. He was thinking of God's honor of the purpose of the church. And he could not find any other solution than that Isaac had to marry a distant family member and that she should also be, come back to the land of Canaan. So that is often how decision-making goes. It's not so that the answers come just on a piece of paper out of heaven. The answers come by thinking things through, for example, and seeing what's the best. So I have seven points to just find out what is the best about children, about career, about moving, about churches, about many, many, many things, all things. In the first place, if you have a, a dilemma and if it's, you have to decide between A or B, you have to find out if either of them is a sin. And if either of them is a sin, you don't have to think about it anymore. It's just no, right? An old friend, previous friend in my first congregation, I got to know a man who was married. And she fell in love with her. And he divorced and married her. And she said to me, I have prayed about it. And it feels so at peace in my heart. It feels so heavenly. I'm sorry. It's, you don't have to make a decision. Well, the Lord has made a decision. You are a single woman and you may not marry that man because he is married. Period. So if you know something that's a sin or you have a doubt that it might be a sin, just say no. Secondly, consider if there is a need and what need is greater? Is it really necessary? And is there a need? Is there an, 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 a, a, a heavy a reason for it, for it? Because if it is something very important, the one or the other, it is a real need that gives also some weight on the scale. In the third place, consider your abilities talents, your skills, your taste, your emotional strength. Can you do this? Is it wise? Are you sure? Can you handle this? 
4, pray for light. Pray the Lord for opening doors, that his will may be done, right? But be careful. Sometimes the Lord is opening doors only to test you. You can't say the door went open, so I can't go in. No, it, it happens that doors open that you better don't go in. Nevertheless, the Lord can also make things clear from the Bible. Five, listen to many counselors. I mean, counselors, just friends and parents and maybe grandparents and beloved ones. People that are wise, unbiased, friends, ask. ask Not people your own age, per se. I don't think that's wise. When you're a young person, you need counseling. When you're 16 or 18, sorry, don't ask advice with your friends. Why not? Well, remember King Rehoboam? He also had to make a decision if he would increase the taxes in the country or not, or lower them. And he was thinking about it, thinking about it. And then the people came to him and said, Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now therefore make thou, thou the grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke which he has put upon his lighter. And it will serve thee. Rehoboam said, Okay, I will think about it for a couple of days. And he said unto them, Depart yet for three days, then come again to me. And the people departed, and King Rehoboam consulted with all men that stood before Solomon's father while he was yet alive. And he said, How do you advise that I may answer the people? And they say, If thou wilt be a servant, and to these people, you're a king, I know. If you're a servant to these people this day, and will serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. You will win them over. It will be the right decision to do for you. Just lower the taxes. Serve them. They will serve you. But Rehoboam didn't like it. He forsook the counsel of the old men which they had given him and consulted with young men that were grown up with him, his age, and which stood before him. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that we may answer these people? who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which thy father did put upon his lighter. And the young men that were grown up with him spake unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou speak unto this people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter unto us. Thou shalt say unto them, my little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. So they just go right against it. Well, you know what the consequences were, right? 
councils where there's an uproar and a division in the country. So when you are, need to make decisions about important things, ask wiser, maybe older friends with more experience. Six, consider your desires. Sometimes desire is an indication. And your such a zeal and desire to do certain work or to make a certain decision or go for a certain career. And ask yourself, seven, what is most to God's honor? A or B? Doing this or that? You know what you like? What is objectively most to the glory and honor of God? And of course, seek answers in the Bible. Let me also say this. It is possible that you make mistakes in your life. That you have to make the wrong choices. And after that, you've made the wrong, the wrong choices. You may yet also bring them before the Lord. Say, Lord, I think I made the wrong, the wrong, wrong choice. And ask the Lord for wisdom how to continue with that. Maybe you cannot undo it anymore. But follow the Lord and pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Last thought, God's will to work. The last piece of question 124 is that so everyone may attend to and perform the duties of his station and calling as willingly as and faithfully as the angels do in heaven. So that's why you call it God's will to work. God, it is God's will that we work and that we faithfully work and that we respect our duties and our station and calling. Because working is a gift from paradise. It's not so that Adam and Eve started to work after the fall. Before the fall, they worked. Genesis 1. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So they were working before the fall. After the fall, work became difficult, and they began to sweat, began to be hard, and there was also weeds that they had to pull and fight. But to work is a blessing, paid or unpaid, at home or outside the home. It is God's will that we are faithful, not slackers, not lazy. But like the Apostle Paul talks about in Thessalonians, faithful workers. I read in 1 Thessalonians 4, a piece of the Apostle Paul against the background of some people don't, not going to work anymore. Why not? 
Well, the Lord Jesus is coming back. The second coming is at hand. So why would I go to work? And he writes, and that he studied to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that ye may walk honestly towards them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. So whatever the circumstances are, even if Luther said, the Lord Jesus would come back tomorrow, you can plant a tree today. So there is work to do. We need to be faithful. It's unbiblical to be slothful and lazy. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Or Ephesians 4, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Now, frankly, that might not be the biggest problem in our congregation. I don't know that many, I don't think there are many lazy people among us. We are hard workers. Maybe we overdo it. But maybe in school, maybe in school, if I may, when you go to school, you, see, you should pray, thy will be done. And that means that in school, in the bench, on your chair, during the lessons, you have to be fervent and do what the Lord's will is. And it is the Lord's will that students pay attention and do their homework and do it diligently and faithfully as the angels in heaven. That's your duty. That's your, your calling. So if you say, but I, but I don't like school. I hate school. Well, that's difficult for you. So pray then every morning. Just say, Lord, not my will, thy will be done. And ask the Lord to help you. And ask the Lord to give you some more motivation and some more insight and more, more gifts. And yet do your best. It's the Lord's will. Bless the Lord, his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word, so they are doing God's commandments, the angels. They are faithful. He become a pool that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent make it rich. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom in the grave with thou goest. So work now. This is your life on earth. This is your duty. It's the will of the Almighty God. Also interesting of the reading Ephesians 4. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. See, when you don't like your job, 
and you just can't get motivated. Of course, it is okay to look for another job, but ask the Lord's will. What is more to God's glory? What is the best for your family? What is the best for the children that you may have? What is the advice of friends and vice counselors? And don't make any decision lightly. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. He's selling a house or buying a house or moving, whatever it is. Ask the Lord and say, Lord, I am foolish. I make the wrong decisions all the time. I have the wrong motivations. Show me what that way is, what's the best. And then make the decision carefully. Because we need to pray, Lord, thy will be done, not ours. Which is the repetition? Thy will be done. On earth, he below, as it is in heaven, like the angels. It is grand, give it, Lord. We cannot make it ourselves. Grant that we and all men may denounce our own will. That's hard, but you need to denounce your own will. Say, you are not that important. It's not about you. It's about the Lord and his glory and honor. Renounce your own will. And without murmuring, no complaining, obey thy will. Also, when we suffer, no complaints. You may express your pain. It's not the same as complaining, right? About God. Without murmuring, obey thy will, which is only good. Only the Lord's will is good. Our will isn't. That so everyone may attend to and perform the duties of his station and calling as willingly and faithfully also at home, also mothers at home. You don't need per se a career. You don't need per se a job on the side. If you say, my children are important to me, more important to me. It's not about the money. It is about what's the best for the family, what's the best for God's glory and to God's, God's honor. And maybe you have to stay home then. Willingly and faithfully as the angels do in heaven. Maybe you need to sacrifice. There's nothing wrong with sacrificing. Are we still willing to sacrifice somehow? It's all sacrificing out the window. And just you say, I have to develop my own worthiness. I have to grow my own self-esteem. I need to be important myself. I need to do it for myself, for my own development. That's so modern and unbiblical. It's not about you. It is not about me. It's all about the Lord. As willingly as, and faithfully as the angels do in heaven, so, thy will be done is also asked for a new heart. Thy will be done is also, Lord, thy will is that I repent. Thy will is that I believe. Oh, give that. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.